0: Welcome to Eat the Scroll Podcast, where our host, Prophetess Bridget Barnes, will inspire, stir our hearts, and provoke us into cultivating a delight for the Word of God and prayer. Her hope is that the listener's mind will begin to perceive both God's Word and prayer as vital necessities for their lives and receive his healing holistically as they grow into the saving knowledge of jesus christ join us now for today's episode Welcome to Eat the Scroll Podcast. I am your host, Bridget Barnes. Today, I want to welcome you in as we go forward in this episode. Today, I want to pick up from our introduction, and I want to continue to flow in the same vein of growing in our relationship with God through His Word, digging for the life treasures many times hidden within His Word. We both know that. That everything is not um, just on the surface when it comes to the deeper revelation into the Word of God. This is where we depend upon the Holy Spirit to reveal the riches for our day, for our individual lives. No matter where you are, no matter what you and I may be going through in our lives, the Word will give us wisdom and understanding that we need to respond in the ways that are pleasing to the Lord. That is for all of us. The Word will also lead us to the river but we have to also remember it is up to you and I whether we will drink of it or not. On that note, let's get ready to dive into our series that I want to begin for the next 22 weeks, which is based upon the longest book in the Bible, and that is Psalm 119. Psalm 119's writer is unknown. It is made up of 22 stanzas with eight verses in each stanza, equaling 176 verses. This psalm is carefully constructed by following the 22 he- Hebraic alphabets in sequence. The goal of the writer of this psalm is that the reader and or the listener would come to value and come to take a passionate delight in the word of God. It is also my goal. We should be intentional in ingesting the word of God daily for the purposes of personal transformation of our character and our behavior, whether that is in public or in private. The word of God received in this way will make an exponential impact, not only in our prayer life, but in every area of our lives. Why do I say that? with the word of God hidden in our hearts, as the psalmist says in this fifth book of Psalm, Psalm 119, verse 11. I'm reading this from the ESV translation. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. This lets us know that Holy Spirit as counselor, will give us the counsel and wisdom needed in any given situation or circumstance that we may be facing. Please note, Holy Spirit will only draw from the word of God that we have stored up in our hearts. Listen, he is not moved by our emotions. He is not moved by men's wisdom and opinions and philosophies to counsel us. If you and I want foolproof counsel, wisdom, and understanding, we are going to have to go deeper in our times of reading, meditating, and studying his precious word. Let's investigate the first eight verses categorized under the first Hebrew alphabet, Aleph. It's spelled A-L-E-P-H. It has a numerical value of one. Therefore, this symbolizes oneness and unity and the oneness of God. Starting at verse 1 of Psalms 119, it says from the ESV translation, Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed here means happy and fortunate. It is the benefit and spiritual condition of the one who chooses the manner in which he or she goes about living their lives out in a blameless way. The word blameless here means whose way is sound, unimpaired, wholesome and innocent with emphasis on having integrity, meaning without blemish, complete, full, is perfect sin with uh, lived out with sincerity its sound is without spot and of course undefiled we need to also take note that this blameless life lived out by the believer is not just for themselves the blameless also requires us to promote the well-being of our sisters and brothers in christ speaking truthfully, protecting their well-being by not talking about each other in contempt, encouraging a life devoted by holy living, by our own examples before them, and seeking justice for others above our own personal gain. Now, the B part of verse 1 says, who walks in the law, which is God's instruction hallelujah, who walks in the law of the Lord. Blessed is the one who walks in harmony with or in accordance with the Lord's instruction, which is God giving his direction, God showing us his way, which is perfect, is perfect order, and it's his requirements. Psalms 18 and 30 says in the Amplified, As for God, his way is blameless. The word of the Lord is tested. It is perfect. It is faultless. He is a shield to all who take refuge in him. Proverbs 11 and 20 Amplified says, The perverse in heart are repulsive and shamefully vile to the Lord. But for those who are blameless above reproach, meaning above disapproval of failures in their walk are his delight. Psalm 128 in 1, hallelujah, says, blessed, happy, and sheltered by God's favor is everyone who fears the Lord and worship him with obedience, who walks in his ways and lives according to his commandments. Now in verse 2 of Psalm 119, here's another blessing. Blessed are those who keep His testimonies who seek him, which is key, probably bringing all of the rest of the the six verses or this whole stanza together. Who seek him with their whole heart testimonies here is an expression, an outward um, expression of his law. It makes it formal. It makes it dignified. Whatever God has set down as requirements for us to obey. A blessed and blameless life comes by keeping, treasuring. I always speak about how we must come to a point in our journey with the word that we value it in our heart as something that is priceless, something that out of the necessity we must do and have and take in and meditating on the Lord's word. So a blessed and blameless life comes from keeping. To keep is also to watch, to guard, and being careful to obey obey his will for us. His will is his word. All of you that may ask, well, what is his will for my life? It's found in his word. Seeking him with all our hearts mean not having a heart that is split in our affections of another, another person, another place or thing. We can find and look into the word with a multitude or plethora of examples of this. But one that I'll use today is coming from 2nd Chronicles 15 and 2. As prophet Azariah gave the word of the Lord, listen to a king. His name was King Asa. He was the king of Judah and he gave the word of the Lord as a warning. And he said it this way. And he went out to meet Asa talking about prophet Azariah, and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, inquiring for and of him as your soul's first necessity, this is the Amplify version, he will let you find him. I don't know about you. We want to be able to find God when we seek his face, as he promised also, hallelujah, that he would be found. But to continue in verse two, it says he will let you find him. But if you abandon, turn away from him, he will abandon, turn away from you. The word also tells us that God is looking for, for, for those whom he can bestow his blessedness upon. This is found in 2 Chronicles 16 and 9. I'm reading Amplified Classic and just really the A portion of verse 9. And it says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Why? To show himself strong. Some translations say show himself mighty on our behalf or in behalf of those whose hearts are blameless toward him. Jeremiah 29, 13 solidifies the expression I made previously about it. he will be found. But here is the condition as we seek him. Inquire of him and require of him as a vital necessity. He says, You will find me if you search me for me with all of your heart. So it's about our heart posture and our heart position after God, not split in our affections, trusting him in every way and committed to. Verse 3 of Psalm 119 shows, continues to reiterate the wisdom from verses one and two. Listen, he says, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. He is saying that it includes not just saying all the right things, but also doing the things that keep us in right standing with God. Verse four tells us, you have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. God's word does not have suggestions for our considerations. Can I repeat that? God's word is not a suggestion for our consideration. He is our king. He is our father. He is sovereign. He is creator. He is rule over everything that he, cre- he has created in heaven and earth. He makes a demand now for our obedience. Like God, once a natural king has appointed what is to be done, he makes a decree. He makes a command for his subjects to do it, and he decree it without our considerations. Precepts in this text is basically that. It is what God has appointed to be done. And you and I are required to obey and keep his commandments and do it diligently as his word says in verse four. So his precepts are to be kept diligently, means we are to practice them and be committed to obeying them. Now in this particular portion of Psalm 119, in the first of the stanzas, the psalmist shifts to first person to make an expression of his personal desire to follow and obey God's word. In verse five, he says, oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statues. This should be the yearning in every believer's heart that we should be steadfast in keeping his commandments, meaning we wanna be established. Our desire is to be firm, not move from, from doing the word of God. By keeping them, it also lets us know it, it 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 establishes our conduct. It establishes our behavior. Verse six, remember the psalmist shift to first person to make to, to express his personal desires to follow and obey God's word. In verse six, it says, Then I shall not be put to shame. Having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. Not being put to shame is a blessed result of obedience. In contrast, disobedience to God's word is a sin, and sin is always going to bring shame to our lives if we con- if we continue in it. Eyes fixed. Is, is saying that the, the, the person, the psalmist and every believer should have this conviction that I will spend time meditating, dwelling upon your word. I will be intentional about paying attention with word, what your word is saying to me, not just picking the parts of the word that you are speaking to us that we're okay with obe- obeying, but be committed to the full gospel the full counsel of his word. 1 Peter 2 and 6, For it stands in scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, referring to Jesus the Christ. And whoever believes in him, Jesus the Christ, will not be put to shame. Romans 5 and 5, it says, and hope does not put us to shame. Our hope in Jesus Christ, the hope in which we anchor our faith in him, will not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has has been given to us. Verse 7 says, I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. As the children of Israel responded when they first heard of God's commandment, when he gave them to Moses in Exodus 24 and 3, the Amplified version says this classic, Moses came and told the people all that the Lord has said and all the ordinances, meaning his his laws, his requirements, his statutes, his precepts. And all the people answered, they came into agreement at the moment of what was expected of them by their God with one voice, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Once we know and understand what pleases God, we too should respond as they did. All that God has written, all that God has spoken, all that I know that God, that I understand of the word that God has said, we, you and I, must be committed to do what we know to do. Verse 8, the psalmist closes this stanza with a statement of resolve. He said, I will. It's like a promise, a, a vow he's making. I will keep your statues. Do not utterly forsake me. He makes a statement of resolve. And then he makes a request of God. The psalmist is committed to obey God. And then he requests, please, God, don't forsake me. He was not the only one to make that request. Also, King David, psalmist David did in Psalms 38 and in many other cases throughout the the books of Psalms. David requested in verse 38 and 21, he said unto the Lord, do not forsake me, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. Because one thing we need to understand, sin always separate us from God. Disobedience put distance between us and the Father. But he is just and faithful. That's why Jesus came. It's a key point for us to take note. In my closing, before we pray, it is not natural for humanity to obey the word of God because our fallen state in Adam, our old nature before Jesus, before accepting Jesus in our hearts, before receiving the Holy Spirit, who is our keeper. The psalmist knew this, but his heart was yearning to live out his life in pursuit of pleasing God, in pursuit of God having delight in him because he had gained delight for his statutes, his precepts, his law, his instructions. And he knew he could not do it without the presence and power of God this helps us know this is not a text that we go into striving trying to be right and pure and holy and righteous in our own might god knew that from the very beginning that this would be impossible for humanity to do after the fall in adam this is why jesus christ came so that we would not have to continue to strive in works in legalism, in our own might, trying to be righteous. He was the only antidote. He was the only uh, acceptable sacrifice that the Father would accept, that we would be made new and empowered, hallelujah, to be able to be decreed as the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. It's the righteousness of Jesus Christ That God sees on every believer in believing him, in believing in him. We now have his nature living inside of our hearts. Our continued meditating upon the word of God daily keeps our old nature in check. Keeps our carnality, our soulish nature in check and causes our new nature to guide us into the blessedness, the abundant life of the new life in Jesus Christ. Will you respond like the psalmist and commit your ways to the Lord and submit to his ways? Remember Psalms 37 and 5. It says, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall. That's a promise that only God can keep. And He shall bring it to pass. Let's pray. Father God, we bless you and magnify you above our day. All our affairs, whether small or whatever we may consider huge or what is too big for us and what is impossible for us but possible for you. For we declare that nothing is too hard or too big for our God and Father who is in heaven, who sits high and look low. We thank you that you are mindful of us and that your desire is that we come to trust you with all of our hearts and mind in our soul, acknowledging you in all of our ways. And you promised us in your word that if we did that, you would direct our paths. You would direct our journey, that you would not leave us nor forsake us. You promised that if we commit our work unto you, you will establish it. You will make it firm. You will set it in place. Hallelujah. Every plan and purpose that you have ordained for us. We trust you, Father, with all things concerning us and our families. And we believe that your will, your word will never fade nor return void without accomplishing where you have sinned in our lives. Hallelujah. We claim the blessedness that comes from walking out our lives daily in an integral way that we will be blameless before you. We will be undefiled before you. Hallelujah. We will have a sound mind. We will have a submitted heart before you. We know without you, this will not be possible for us to experience. So, Father, we ask for your grace and power to walk out our individual lives according to your instructions that are found only in your living word. Mm, Download a delight, a fresh delight after you, a fresh zeal after you, the fresh fire that comes with the union, the oneness with you and the oneness with your word. We pray that you would search our hearts. As King David said in Psalm 139, search us because you know us. You knew us that we are known to you. You know our sitting down and when we rise up every morning, when your mercies are made new and allow us to graciously be alive. You even discern our thoughts from afar. So Father, search out our paths and our lying down. You are acquainted with all of our ways. Even before a word that is on our tongues, the word said, you know it all together before it is spoken. We know that your thoughts are not like ours and your ways are higher than our ways. Only lead us in the everlasting way, O God. Our Father, we thank you for your word today and we are committed to meditate upon it both day and night and be careful to pay attention to it and obey so that we can experience next level prosperity and next dimension good success with and in you. We know you heard our prayers. And we stand on your promise that you will never leave nor forsake us. We know that you are able to go exceedingly and super abundantly above anything we have asked you today. Any thought towards you today. Anything that we have imagined at its highest level that you will exceed it according to your power that you place within us oh father god we pray have your way in all of our lives and allow your word as we read it to be that god kind of life being made or revealed to us to be real as your logos and that that word as we ingest it and let it nurture our bodies, and let it flow through us, bring healing to our flesh from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet as we pray today. Let it be so. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.